is Jesus and Gym Shoes. Welcome to another episode Boy, of Jesus and Gym Shoes, where we have unparalleled conversations about life skills in Jesus. I have one of my best friends in the whole wide world here, my uh, forever co-lead. Um, and then you may hear our dogs, Harlem and Hershey, um, in the background because, you know, they're just as important as we are. Probably more important. Um, Nikaya, what's up? Hey, what's up, BJ? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting that. Oh, oh man. man. Welcome to uh, Jesus and Gym Shoes. Thank you for having me. I mean, this is nice. Oh, God. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> This is nice. I guess, I guess, you know, thank you. You know, you're welcome. Um, what's your favorite pair of gym shoes? I knew you were gonna ask me this. I don't have a favorite pair of gym shoes. What do we ask everybody? Um, I don't have a pair, favorite pair. Not the cycling <laughs> shoes, not the shoes you run in, not the shoes you uh you know. Nothing. Um uh I have a pair of Converse that I wear from time to time. You do wear those Converse from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> Same old pair. Same old pair. Time. You've had them for years? Yes. You've had them for years. And they, uh, they've they served you well. <laughs> They're holding up. All right. The Converse are durable. I actually don't know how they <laughs> make money because like Converse mm -hmm. lasts for... I have a pair of Converse that I got in 2008 still wow yeah wow it's 2021 20, 2022 2022 <laughs> 2022 yeah i got them in summer of 2008 mm -hmm. yep and i wore them uh i've not worn them a lot recently but i still have them they're like yeah, back in a in a shoe bin. I just saw them the other day. I feel halfway cool when I wear mine. You know, just halfway. <laughs> I wish I was a gym shoe person like you. You know, we we actually went gym shoe shopping one time in New Jersey. And you, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. for me, yeah. That should have been your favorite pair. I don't, even I don't know, know what to call them. You still have them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I still yeah. have them. I still yeah, love them. Speaking of Jersey, I was watching How Church uh, with Pastor DJ. I was watching yeah. the series for um, um, the month of February that we're recording this in. Um, but I was watching the, um, the series, the start of the series that he did. I can't mm -hmm. wait. I can't wait. I was. I text uh, Fletch like, yo, tell Pastor DJ he preached his head off. What? Man, it's so good. But yeah, shout out to How Church in Jersey. Um, they had seatless worship that Sunday. They had Sunday seatless worship. So super cool. Yeah, it was it was really dope. We had a great time. We went out there to uh, How Church. Um, um, and that's Heart of Worship. Shout out to Pastor DJ uh, yeah. and and Lady. Um, but in any event, me and Akaya met. Mm. Man, ten years ago, almost nine years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. 2013? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2013. We um we served on a ministry together and then subsequent for years, you know. And ironically, we had never like 
hung out for real. Like we had been around each other, but like not really hung out for real. But um, in that time, we kind of just we were just serving and serving and serving. And right. then what happened? After serving and serving and serving, uh-huh. we um, you know when you are found serving. Uh, you are found to be able to lead. And so I think that's where you're going with this. Yeah. We serve, we serve, and we serve. And uh, the torch was passed for the young adult ministry to us in a very unique uh, transition and a unique time. Mm-hmm. And so thus began our co-leadership together. And we continue to serve and serve and serve. It's serve, it's serve, it's serve. So to backtrack just a little bit, Nikai, what do you do for a living? Mm. Well, I actually am a health educator at an insurance company, um, and we provide free health and wellness education to the community around a variety of different topics. But I tend to love to talk about nutrition and family programming uh, is what I get to do day in and day out. It's a lot of fun. Love people and love talking about health and wellness. And so I get to do that a whole lot in this position. Okay. That's yeah. what's up. And I think that the reason why I asked that is because it leads a lot to how you care for people, right? Mm-hmm. So in a way that you, you do a really good job of building relationships with people. Okay. Um, like genuine relationships. Um, whereas like people are just like, oh my God, I love Nakaya. Like I could talk to her for hours and hours. And people do talk to you for hours and hours. What's one of those things? So, you know, life skills in Jesus, right? So mm-hmm. what's one of those skills that you have that like in building relationships that people can take? Okay. Uh that's a great question. I think I listen. Mm-hmm. And I ask questions. Those go together for me. Uh, I'm just an inquisitive person by nature. So the questions are always coming. I always could think of a new question. I think what people enjoy or dig into, lean into is like, I really do listen. And I often, my body language, I show that. So when I'm in a conversation with someone, I try to have their undivided, undivided attention. I'm shaking my head. I'm like leaning in just very little things that I do um, very naturally. I mean, it's intentional because I really do care about what people say. I think they have something to say and this is their moment to say it. So I think relationships start off with just with me, with listening, mm-hmm. leaning in and then asking really good questions. Mm. So we're asking really good questions. It's the questions that are based off what they said or is it to like get more information around context it's a little bit of both so i despise small talk like when you go to networking events and it's like what do you do do yeah uh so i'll ask questions any other questions than those i tried to dig a little bit deeper um ask you know just different questions you may not ever talk about with someone like what did you eat for dinner two days ago you know something to just get Uh them out of the norm because we could talk about 
that stuff all day, but I'm really just here to learn and get to know someone. And it's through those conversations, those questions, those listenings and leaning in that people literally tell, <laughs> they will tell you what's going on. And what I'm trying to really get to is how can I help? So what is the need there? How can I help you? Or more times than not, like, how can I hook you up with someone who can help or can has help. the resources that you need? So I'm more of a connector than anything. Yeah. And the one thing, the one thing I fail at is I want to get to the point. I want to know how I can help right away as opposed to like doing the digging. It's like, okay, just tell me the problem. So right. then the way I can help. Like you, you can connect the dots of like get, you know, and dig under. Whereas I just want to like break the soil right away. <laughs> right. Get to the point, please. Please get to the you point. You said in two words or less. Yeah. A sentence or less. Five and a five word sentence. Like how yeah. can I help? Because I'm gonna help, but um, and I want to definitely let you know. I think sometimes people don't even know what they need at you know, sometimes they're just, you know, that opportunity, that space that you're talking to them, they're discovering, oh, well, maybe. This is something I could bring up now. I don't know. I found in my experience, um, you can find out a whole lot in a, te in a text message that's crafted in the right way or searching on Facebook or Instagram. You can see what people are going through and then you follow up with some questions and, you know, you get to the root of what's going on. But yeah, I, I agree. Sometimes you need to get to the point moment. And then sometimes you just need to to rest in the questions. Mm, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I know that's one of the areas where I feel where I fall mm. short. And I'm just like, yeah, you know. I think that's another reason why. And I think also willingness when two people come together mm. that don't really like know each other. We had a willingness to like, hey, this is what I know how to do. And I'm gonna let you do what you do really, really well. Right. Whereas <laughs> I'll let you do that. And then I'll I execute, right? I'd like know how to mm -hmm. like I know how to be like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. I, I know how to just put balls to the wall, just go ahead and do it. Whereas you look at more of the motor skills or like the yeah. finite type of stuff. Um, where did that come from? Jesus. No. <laughs> um Learned. I think it's learned. I think I have like I was born a certain way to enjoy people, but then how I engage with people, I think is learned over time, like what works, what doesn't and what um, what works for me and what doesn't work for me. You know, I'm, I'm still learning that even as an adult, like what um like what I'm comfortable doing, like you won't catch me like you DJ are so good at this. You're so good at talking off the top of the dome. Like it, it sounds so crafted and well drawn out. And I'm like, I need to write this down. I need to practice a few times. Um, so just being, you know, pushing myself out of my comfort zone, but then also knowing what my strengths are. So I'm probably a better writer than I am a speaker. Right. Um, so I might write down what I want to say when I need to really get a point across. I might write that down before actually saying it. I don't know. It's, it's how my mama made me. 
But I think that goes into gospel-centered community, right? So mm-hmm. we, um, that was one of the things that we were introduced to through introduced to through PNIC. Um, oh, so good. Yeah, and so what gospel-centered community looks like is, in the most simplest form, is people coming together to uh, be centered around the gospel. Yeah. I know I just defined a term like with the term. With the term. That's cool. Yeah. But the gospel is, you know, the good news, uh, Jesus Christ, like us centered around the news of Jesus, which is why this podcast is Jesus in Gym Shoes, because I want to, you know, invite people into gospel centered community. And what that looks like is not just like us, like browbeating people with the Bible or just like outside telling people that they're going to hell, but it's actually introducing people to life on life. Um, and we talked about a little bit of that with on the episode with Pete Nick, but um, Nakai and I, um, we were able to learn each other because we were thrown into the fire and we didn't have any choice. Um, and so Gospels in the Community came up because and it came up at a really good time because we didn't know. We didn't know what we needed until we were there. So what was gospel center community like for you? Like that learning process of walking into it? Man, let me tell you, uh, being introduced to like gospel center community has been life changing. And you mentioned P. Nick, Pastor Nick, who like taught us in such a walk with me kind of way so informal but literally you said it DJ we didn't know what we needed like we didn't know we needed this community until we had it and I do think we had it before but we didn't put the right language around it the right we didn't know how to define it but my first introduction to True Gospel Center community came in this Friday night uh, small group. We would meet with a group of people and dig into the Bible together at someone's house. And um, we kept meeting on Fridays. And we went through First Thessalonians. We went, we went through um, Judges in the Bible and it wasn't just reading the Bible and studying like, you know, a regular Tuesday night Bible study. It was literally doing life. I think doing life together is probably the best definition. Whoever came up with that is dope. <laughs> yeah. But we would pray together. We had food. We checked in. Those are some of my favorite parts. Like what's going on with your life? Like what are you hoping God to do through you this year? Mm-hmm. Just those questions that are beyond um, the surface that get into the core of who you are, who God created you to be. And then wrapping prayer around that, wrapping support, accountability in the word. Like I saw such a spiritual transformation in my life from that seed. And now I can't stop talking about it. It's for me, discipleship is in everything. I think um the God is so dope in creating this command to go and make disciples that I can't unsee it now. Like we have to live, like we have to live this way. And it's so many opportunities 
that we have as believers to live this thing out. And it doesn't have to be this major like plan program or thing. It's just literally doing life together. So I think um, I could stop there. Like gospel center community for me has been life changing. So yeah, I can't unsee it. I want to tell the world about it. I want to live it out with people. And it has been such a blessing to, um, to realize like this is actually what we're doing. Yeah, and it's um, it's beautiful when you're able to see other people have community based off of the fact that, like, you introduced it to them, right? Yes. So I was kind of jealous that I wasn't a part of, like, the initial group. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very, very grateful that I was able to be a part of a group. Yes. So, like, men's group, right? So I was able to, in a space where, like, I was my most broken. Mm. Um, the gospel or like being around like-minded men who were also equally broken. Maybe not equally broken, but like were broken and they were seeking Jesus to fix it. And mm. so that discipleship piece came in because we were able to like see each other and like uplift yeah. each other. And it wasn't like a competition of like brokenness. It was like, how can we help each other see the Jesus in this situation that's going on? And that gospel centered community or that, that community or that was centered around the gospel, it allowed me to work. It just allowed me to work through a lot of things and just like, the but you work through by pouring into others it's yeah. not always about you yep. it's always about you hearing you know what you're going through it's about you like how can like god let me p nick said this so he said this to us he was like you don't really love somebody until you're praying for them uh. he he said it all the time he's just like you don't really love them unless you're praying for them like if you're not praying for them like vehemently praying for them yeah you don't love them And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was. Um, it's it's so beautiful when it's active, and it looks different. Like you mentioned, you are part of a men's group. I would also consider like your workout group. Oh yeah. Also, kind of like doing life together. I mean, some of the <laughs> same people, but it's. It's everywhere. I can't unsee it. And I, I too get so excited when I see others kind of grow up and mature in that. And that's an, another key that I wanted to highlight here is that um, as you're walking through life with with people, like there's there comes to this time where, you know, you're discipling them and now it's time for them to go make disciples. Mm-hmm. And that's so beautiful to see. Um, we've been able to see people walk that out in the format of like church ministry. Yeah. And that it, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I love that it's like literally living out the word, what we're called to do. Um, But it's life changing. I heard something the other day. I don't even know if this goes here, but I heard something <laughs> yesterday. I have to talk to you about it because it was like, if you're not grappling with your theology or your understanding of God, 
regularly, mm-hmm. then you're not in so many ways that you're not growing in and, yeah. and that like yeah. Woo. What's funny is that I was just having this conversation with one of the homies. Yeah. I'll tell you offline who it was. Yeah. But I sent him over Dr. Um Eric Mason, um, his sermon on um hit on like rebuilding your faith or like yeah. deconstructing faith. Yeah. Um and so one thing that he said, he was just like, You can it's okay to deconstruct what you believe. Mm-hmm. The thing is you have to have the right tools for you to construct what like reconstruct. What it is, right? And so I think a lot of people they do a lot of like digging into the faith, and they see a lot of like the miss the the things that are misinterpreted, the things that are taken out of context, and just like how um, some of the things in the Bible are just like they're 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 mind boggling, right? Yeah. Um, and they miss the fact that like this is a story that leads everything back to Jesus redeeming us from all of that stuff that's before or all of the things that we go through in the world. And so it's okay that like when somebody dies and you're like, God, I pray to you Mm -hmm. that like, I want it. God, like, why did this person have to die? Like they were perfectly fine before. And now that they're here, like, why did this person have to suffer so long through sickness? Or why did this person like have to, um, why did my house have to be broken into? Why did my car have to be stolen? Why did, you know, I have to be robbed gunpoint or like, you know, just all of the things that like pull people away from, um, from Jesus. All of those things are like, it's okay to like grapple with your faith in that time. The thing is, you just like, like I said, you know, Dr. Eric Mason was just like, yeah, you got, it's okay to do it, but you gotta like rebuild it the right way. Yep. Cause like, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. The gospel center community is so key to that because you're not out there by yourself with these questions, with these, you know, concerns. And you could literally take it to this trusted group. Mm-hmm. It's a safe space. And you could ask your questions together um, and dig in, like dig in through prayer, dig in through study of the word, dig in through like getting help that you need, like. I love that gospel center community makes the word applicable. Yep. Like it makes it tangible for me. So I could literally see it. I could feel it. I could touch it. And it's that, it's that trusted group of people that you could really lean on in times of your questioning in times of your concern. And yeah, I love that God made his church like that. Um, I totally agree. Um, man. I totally agree. Um, and I think more than anything, um, we, we need it. Um, yeah, we need it. We most definitely need it. Um, and so even, even to that point of just like the reconstruction of your faith or, Mm -hmm. um, just the grappling with it. I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, I didn't realize that when Chris passed away, Mm -hmm. um, how much like I didn't I didn't I was like God like why is this happening but I also know that like he was suffering um and with him suffering like it's unfair for me to be like yo like why is he suffering or why is um you know why he not here but I had to realize like in these in these years I've grown up so much Mm -hmm. yeah you did so much 
And um, yeah, I, if I if it hadn't have been, um, that was my crutch. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was most definitely my crutch. Um, wow. And so I don't think that I would have. I think that a lot of times people get removed from your life, and you know, all things work together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have never known that the stuff that I had to go through <laughs> would have right. like, um, I, I would have never, I would have never ever guessed that like me having to, I don't know how to put it. I, I would just would have never guessed that that would have been the reason why I went through. No, that makes, that makes, that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Um, not and, saying that like that was the reason why he was taken away. Yeah, but, like with him being taken away, yeah. um, or you know, with him passing away, he first no longer had to suffer. But then, secondly, like all things literally work together. Like I've yep. been able to like do so much because I didn't have, um, I didn't have that crutch that was there. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's been an interesting journey. <laughs> it's been a very, very interesting journey. You're um, doing a great job, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you out here killing the game. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, you brought up a good point about just death and grieving. Um that too, I found, I have really found in this season is great opportunity for community to come together and wrap around a person or people that are going through. Um, I am one of those people, like I feel awkward about death because I have not experienced many death like in like close people to me like my grandparents when I were when I was younger but my immediate family I haven't gone through that season yet and so I have been walking through life with a lot like I feel like we can all relate to this like in this season of COVID and all this going on we've experienced a lot of death and so with that you want to yeah you want to support, you want to do it in a gospel-centered way. And oftentimes I felt like, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. But I think God gave me um, how I can show up for others is just be there. Mm-hmm. Like, just be there and he'll, he'll do the rest. Because <laughs> I literally... I've searched for the words to say the right words to say the right prayer to pray the right um, song to sing and I fall short, but it's in those moments when I just am able to just show up mm-hmm. and say, God, use me how you will. Like it's when those moments he really brings community and everybody plays a role. <clears throat> yeah. So I would encourage like anyone who's supporting one, someone through a difficult season, um, really ask God what what you could do, but then just be there, like just show up, 
you know, because everyone that says like the, the worst questions to ask is like, how can I help you? Because in that moment, that person does not know. <laughs> they don't know. So any way that you can just be there, um, being close does matter. Don't feel like you're in the way. Drop off a plate, uh, pick up some coffee and drop it off or ask, can you drive them somewhere? You know, just be there for them and God will do the rest, but just be open to how he wants to use you. I, I would be, I would say that's my advice for that. Okay. It's hard. Yeah, to say the least. Uh, <laughs> relax. Um, he wanted to make his entrance. Um, Harlem. That's another. Hershey is looking around like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> who is that? Uh, but I think more. I think to that point, I had you know I've had to experience that with my mother mm. recently, and with experiencing that, it was just like you you have to toe the line. When somebody's grieving, and people, the one question that I hate that people ask is like, "Oh, um, how was such and such doing?" And they didn't um, like my answer because I was just like, "I don't know, right? I don't know. I mean, my right. mom's alive, you know, but I don't know how she's doing. Like, I want her to be doing good, but like, I don't know because she could be saying she's fine and she's not." Right. She could be not fine and you know she you know and she really isn't fine you know or she could right. be fine and she really is but like I don't know but right. I also but in those moments you also don't want to like press too hard to be like yo you good you sure you good because then they're gonna be like they may have been good and then they're gonna be like am I good am I showing right. like, am I am I not doing like what I normally do like am I showing that I'm not good and so people would keep asking I'd be like I really don't know how my mother is. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know, bro. Like, like, I don't know. I really don't. So how would you better answer, or what would be a better helpful question? question? I don't know. I know. <laughs> I, don't I was know. waiting to. Like, um, or just allowing me to answer the question in the way that I answer it. Mm. Like the question is okay, right? Yeah. Um, how's your mom? I don't know. She good, right. you know. And just a, like, don't. I think that the the answer is just abnormal because people yeah. are like, oh, yeah, she doing good or not? Girl, she ain't doing good at all. Girl, right? Who girl? She was on the floor balling last night. I had to. I had to wrap up like she was James Brown, baby. Just she was. It's <laughs> <laughs> too much. Exactly. So I don't be knowing. Like I don't really I don't be know knowing, like, what to say. So, um, I think just allowing people to answer that question, how they answer, mm -hmm. or allowing people to like, even when you ask somebody how they doing, mm -hmm. if they were to say I don't know, be like, man, I'm praying for you. And like, just sincerely pray for him, you know. That's good. And you keep it pushing, right? I a lot. Of, I think a, bit, a lot of people are just like nosy. Mm. Um, and grief brings out that little messy gene that people have. Oh my god, what messy gene? Because like <laughs> grief and funerals are messy. Like it's a messy time when folks die. <laughs> like. <laughs> Folks be asking questions, girl. They ain't talked to you in years, girl. Just relax. Like, you doing okay? Yeah. Like, and keep it at that. 
And, and folks be wanting to know. They they be like, ooh, they be calling every day. Like, why you calling every day? Why you why you calling every day? Just checking in. Just checking in. No, you not checking in. You trying to see if some stuff happened with the family. You trying to like you trying to see if you're gonna get that little bit that little inkling of mess that's gonna keep that's gonna keep you going. I, it's I, so weird. It's really it's so weird. weird. I, I'm here for it though. I'm here for. The I'd funeral. rather not. I'm here for the funeral. I'd rather I'm not. Here, I'm here for the family drama and the funeral stuff. It, mm-hmm. That's just fun to me. Um, I don't. I ain't like it when I had to go through it with my mama. But it was a. Uh, it was a. <laughs> that's what I noticed. That I was like, folks is messy when it comes to funerals. They, they ain't got no intention of coming to the funeral. They ain't, got no so in- true. <laughs> they ain't got no intention of doing nothing. But want to know everything that's going on. What color is the casket? What wow, color like suit they gonna have on? Who's doing their makeup for the thing? Is somebody cutting their hair? What's what's going on? What the what the what the family say? The family okay with you? Oh, God. I can't tolerate it. At that point, I can't. Ask, those questions at that point are too much. You're doing the must. The oh, most. Show up and see it. Show up and see it. <laughs> right. It's too much. No. How did we get here? I don't know. Oh, well, you constructing your faith through, I guess, through death. And you can mm, reconstruct, your mm. um, reconstruct your faith through. Ooh, that's fun. Because, like, the apostles had to do that. Like, they had, they right. were, like, walking with, ooh, that was good. Ooh. Good. That's that a booking. Yeah. That was deep. Ooh. Hopefully, you know. I oh, no. You froze. Oh, there you go. Okay. So, um, but being, um, but being stable, or I forget what I was saying. No, but reconstructing your faith can come about through new life experiences, mm-hmm. good or bad, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, a lot of people can receive new things, and you know, you have uh, you have imposter syndrome where it's like, God, you gave me this, but like, do I really deserve it, or like, am I gonna lose it? Um, I struggled with that. Um, because I messed up royally a few years ago. <laughs> a job I had, I was like, Yeah, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do it again. Um, subsequently, it was, um, but you know, it's a it's an everyday thing, so I have to like reconstruct the faith that I had, um, or have because I don't want it to just be faith. In bad times that I, I'm believing God and I'm holding on, but it's like, yo, you can also like enjoy the good times. So like, even with the uh, disciples, they had to reconstruct their faith through death to be like, you know, we like we saw Jesus, we saw Jesus rise, right? And with us seeing Jesus rise, like we walked with him, and we saw him again after the fact. So since we saw him again after the fact, like we have to like reconcile that he's like not necessarily right here with us and we're listening to him, but like we have the Ruach 
to like guide us and keep, you know, keep going and actually like teach what it is that we learn. Right. Oh, yeah. So I think that, and that's, and those times were though, I mean, those times were not all bad. Like when Paul was, you know, going and, you know, right into the church of Ephesus, he's like, yo, y'all loved me. Y'all, you know, y'all did X, Y, and Z. Like when he's talking to to the church of Philippi, you know, when he was going to these different places and they were just like, yeah, you know, you did. You rocked with me, but receive yeah. this other person that's coming to talk to you. Like when Timothy went or when like, you know, other disciples went and talked to people. Um, those were like not all bad times. Like, yeah, some of them mm-hmm. like had some tragic endings, <laughs> but right. there were some good times in there and they had to rejoice in both good and bad. But one thing you re- do really well is that you leave from the heart. Mm-hmm. And how uh, and you allow people to see your heart continuously. What is that like? Dang, do I? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you talked about it. You was just like, you know, I'm intentional in the conversations that I have. That's a heart. That's a heart thing. Um, I think just because it's been done with me, mm-hmm. uh, I have some great examples of that, and so. Um, my best relationships are those that have offered that opportunity to me to see their heart. And I, I want to point here that it's it's over time. Like, DJ, you mentioned this in the beginning. We served together in ministry, but it wasn't until many years later that we even hung out outside of, you know, outside of our structure. Uh-huh. And I'm like a patient person, like, God has given me that. Like, I, okay, you gonna wait? The long road. <laughs> so I think over time, like, things are not, I know millennials, we love things to happen right away in the moment. Um, we want that quick access, but sometimes things just take time. And more than just taking time, it's God's timing. So if He wants to do a quick work, gonna do a quick work if he wants it to be things we learn along the way then it's going to be things we learn along the way there's really nothing we could do about it but what i am is committed to that um if i know god has put this person um in my life it's a reason and i just gotta be open to what comes of it so it's it's being patient with them it's being committed to the long run. I I feel like for that reason, I often stay places a long time. A long time? (laughs) A long time. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just, it's the staying power, like just not being afraid of the time and God revealing over time, but then also being open to if he wants to do a quick work which I've seen him introduce me to people and like we're besties and I can't even put a time on it. It's just a connect. It's a divine thing, but I also see him developing the relationships over time in the way that he, he wants it to. I try not to get in the way. Mm-hmm. It's hard work, especially when God pulls you away from some something or someone you love so much is like, but what is going on? <laughs> I had a best friend and this is my best friend in the whole wide world. 
and we began to grow apart and I could not put to words what was happening. It was just God moving us in different directions. And it took me a really long time to get over that. But now I see like it was God's doing. And it doesn't mean love is lost. It just means like now you both have other assignments and you can do life with other people, um, but you still love them. Yeah, exactly. So that leads us to like safe people. So we did this study group on, uh, or we led this small group on this book called Safe People. That book? <laughs> I was reading that book like, oh my God. DJ would send me a text during the day like, did you read this? <laughs> it was some eye-opening moments. Man. And even better in community to read and like unpack it. It was so good. It was so good. It was um, so good. It was by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. Um, it was... There was one... There was one thing that stuck out. I was literally telling uh, somebody this. I was just like, we model relationships after, excuse me, we model the relationships that we that that we that we feel most safe in after the relationships we had growing up. Mm. And we, even if if they're safe or unsafe, right? But whatever it is that we experienced growing up, um, that we got repetitiously we model our future relationships after that. So for me, um, there was a lot of, there were some things that I was modeling that were just not appropriate um, Mm -hmm. for just, you know, they just weren't appropriate. And I was just like, man, this book is, this book is just, it's shooting all the shots. Like, just how dare you, bro? Like you just coming at me like this. You feel attacked. Attacked every consistently <laughs> attacked. Every chapter. We were doing it week by week. Yeah. And I would text Nakaya, like, girl, did you read this? Like, did you read these chapters this week? <laughs> I was probably I'm supposed to be doing, I'm supposed to be leading the class and the dang or the uh small group. And I was just like, I hope y'all read this because I want to hear what y'all got to say. Please have read this because this was good. Yeah, I appreciated how they really gave language to like things we already experienced. So I'm big on that. It's like you might be experiencing feeling this way, but here's a way to like talk about it um, so that others can understand. My big takeaway was like, you got to do like, it wasn't about other people. It was such an introspective kind of book that challenged you to look within. So it's like, yeah, these are some, some characteristics of unsafe people, but how are you doing in those areas? Yep. Why are you making those people? Yep. Um, I think that was, man, that was such a great, format because it's easy to point the finger and see where folks have done you wrong or have been unsafe in your lives and how it caused this pain but when you turn that mirror towards you and you're able to see where you've sometimes been unsafe for others 
and even like celebrating the wins, places you've been safe for people, for others. Um, I really think it allows you to do the work. And people were changed after that. They were like, I didn't see it that way. I didn't see that I was actually the one that was being a bit toxic. And here are some ways, like, (laughs) I think at the last day we had this aha moment, like, Jesus is the way, kind of like, you know, we are all unsafe at some point and we need so desperately a Jesus to to help us to be the safe people that he's calling us to be. But yeah, that I recommend that book, like for real. Just it's so good. take it's your so time good. through it. Do it in community. Don't do it alone. <laughs> I think that's a good girlfriend. Like, you know, that's a Ooh. good book club book. Because I think guys need to read it too. I was just going to relegate it to like women, but I think guys need to read it too because we can most definitely pick um, mm. we most definitely pick unsafe people to be around too. Unsafe friends. Yeah. like they're, they're most definitely friends that I've called friend and they don't really have your best interest. Mm. Um, you know, they're most definitely some their relationships period, both platonic and um, right. arrow relationships where um they just weren't safe people and you saw it, but it was just like, but, I, but they can be better. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. The book, the, the things that they kind of write um, in the, in the bio about like what they wanted to prove and what kind of stuck out was um, how do I attract irresponsible people? Like, how do I do that? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, so it goes back to the point of um, it being very, very introspective. How can I learn to pick better friends? How do I choose the people who let me down? Mm. How do I choose the people who let me down? What? <laughs> like, and that's, yeah. that's one of the ones that like really stand out because it's just like, what? I get to pick who lets me down? Yeah, you get to pick who lets you down. You get to pick who like you have around you. That book changed me. That book changed yeah. me. I'm so glad. Are we doing it again? Yeah, we can. Or are we doing gospel center community? Or what book are we doing this time? Or we could do emotionally healthy leader or safe people. Okay. I like emotionally. <laughs> I like that one. Y'all like it? I um I went through it once. It didn't yeah. like it didn't. I, I'm gonna read it again. I'll read it this week. I have it. I yeah. really, I really like it. I think safe people is more like general, it, mm-hmm. like anyone. But I really do emotionally healthy leader. I mean, it's general too. But I really feel like I just feel like you got to be more leadership up. Huh? Yeah, you got to be a very introspective person to be a great leader, though. Exactly, they go together. Yeah, I go, I go together. But like some people be jumping like leadership, and they not leaders. Oof, that part. And it's like you got to be able to like accept when people tell you certain things, and just be and you know you got to be able to like roll with the punches before you can even think about like leading other people in real life. Leadership is not for the faint of heart. Ooh. I couldn't be JFH or like, yeah, I couldn't. I, 
or like any of them other people with like big churches. Like I couldn't nice. do it. I couldn't do it. Mm-mm. Ain't for me, player. But I think God gives you the grace to do whatever you want to. Yeah. But um, yeah. Thanks for hopping on Jesus and Jim shoes. Is this it? What else I feel like we can do this all day. But yeah. I understand you got um, you know, you got to package it a certain way. <laughs> I got to package it a certain way. Yeah. I mean, it's life skills in Jesus. I mean, you know, I always want to make sure that there's a life skill. So, you know, some of the life skills we talked about was, you know, making sure that you pray for people that you lead. So that means you can most or that you say that you love. You have to most definitely pray for them. You have to make sure that you lead from the heart. Um, and you mm-hmm. have to listen. Like when you're having conversations with people, that's how you build genuine relationships. So, I mean, we gave some nuggets, some life skills, you know. So good. I'm so proud of you. Oh, my gosh. Can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, I'm so proud of you. You are, I really, um, I don't say it enough, but I'm super duper proud of all that you're doing. I see you. You are making major moves in a very humble way. Um, but God is doing it through you, and I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited for you, and I can't wait to see. God is what good. He's next. God, <laughs> God is good. That has been really, really good. <laughs> <He> really <laughs> I can't even, I can't even stunt. God has been really, really good. Ooh, that's something else. So like I was, but he's always been good. Like even during oh. the times where I didn't even have, where I haven't been able to experience the things that I'm experiencing now, he was still good. Like, I think he was more good then. Like, like his grace is most definitely sufficient. Like even in times of what we consider lack, but his safety, but I still had his safety. Like I still didn't experience. It could always be worse. <laughs> it could always Listen. be worse. Like even when you wasn't working, like you still had a roof on your head. You still had like um this is something that I've been grappling with with is like urban di- urban discipleship. And like the fact that like there's no there's nobody to like actually um I'll leave it. I'll leave that there. But like there there's a lot of things that happen in in this world that people are spared from. And I think that you can't get caught up in the what you don't have, but like appreciate what you do have. Absolutely. It's so wow. much It's the dog. There's so much to be grateful for. Hershey is getting excited. (laughs) He's like, uh, what's up? Yeah. No, but this is cool. Thank you for having me on. I feel super cool. Why do you feel so cool? I I mean, I'm on your podcast now. Like, this is a thing. This is a thing. I've been waiting patiently for my turn. You're so full of it. You've been putting me down week on week after week. You were supposed to be on here three months ago. I oh, know. <laughs> so finally did it. Finally, but you know it worked out. But yeah, thank you for listening to Jesus and Jim Shoes, where we have unparalleled conversations about life skills and Jesus. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Um, yeah, catch us on YouTube and everywhere you can find uh, a podcast and share it with somebody. I love you. Boy, this is Jesus and Jim Shoes.
boy, this is Jesus in gym shoes.